Good morning, everybody. I wanted to just quickly remind you, if you love B2B SaaS and you're loving all these CEOs I have on, remember, you can get all of their data in a big, beautiful spreadsheet at gitlatka.com. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. So I hope you're enjoying the month. I love December. I love the holidays. And here is our program for today. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Aaron Bird. He is the full stack CEO and night janitor at Divisible, a venture backed startup that makes marketing measurement and reporting software for B2B companies. He holds an MBA from Pepperdine University and a BS in computer science from UCSB. Previously, Aaron worked at Microsoft on Bing ads. Aaron, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. All right, good. So tell us what Visible does and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Yeah, so um, we help marketers uh, measure what's working and tie their marketing activity to revenue. So um, if you've heard the old saying, uh, 50% of my marketing dollars are wasted, the problem is I just don't know which 50%. Uh, we're, uh, that's what we do. So um, in marketing speak, it's called marketing attribution. Uh, and uh, we're the pioneer in the space and, and the, the leader in the market. And, um, and really, we help marketers do the same thing the sales team does, which is um, measure what they're doing in terms of revenue instead of measuring things like eyeballs or leads or things like that. Now, when you say you're the leader in the market, I have to obviously ask based off what? I mean, what are you measuring that where you're able to say, yeah, we're the leader in the market? Yeah, um, well, we know we know what our market share is. So um, we know uh, the other cu- the other players in the space and how many customers they have. So um, we've got over fifty percent of the market. Uh, so that's so, why. We're so the define market. define the total market. So you're talking Fortune five hundred customer co- companies for you know. Yeah. So the market meaning customers that are paying for a marketing attribution solution today. So. Um, yeah, so we don't have 50% of the, the, the total addressable market. In other words, like all of the customers that we'll eventually have someday or everyone who's a good fit for visible, but we have 50% of, or over 50% of the market, um, that is, that's, that's paying for a solution today. So that's why we're the market leader. It's still very early in the market though. So there's probably, there's like 500 companies, uh, that are, that are paying for a marketing attribution solution in B2B. So we, we service the B2B market. And you've, um, you see, and, you've uh, got about, so you've got about 250, 50% of that. You have 300 customers, 300 yeah. customers, got 300 it. About 500. Yeah. Okay. And give us some of the backstory here. So what year did you launch the company in? We launched the company in 2011. Um, and, and that's when I left Microsoft to start the company. And, uh, we launched the product as you know it today in 2013. Um, so we've been in market for, you know, about four and a half years and bootstrapped or have you raised capital? We've raised capital. Yeah, we've raised about 19 million of uh, venture capital. Mm -hmm. And why did you decide to make the decision to raise instead of just keep bootstrapping? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think the it it really that's a decision that um, 
really depends on kind of what your goals are and also what the market looks like and what you want to do. So for us, we knew that this market was there's lots of companies, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of companies that need visible. And so if you look at that, um, the if you if you want to win in that market, it's going to be really, really hard to do that bootstrapped. So um, the uh, and so we we knew out of the gate that that we wanted to raise venture capital and we um, we wanted to build um, a business and, and service that whole market, which was going to require a lot of capital. What's the team size now to date? We've got a little over 100 people. OK, where and where are you guys all based? Seattle. All Seattle. Yep. Um, interesting. So let's, let's go back to kind of where you are today. And then I'd love to hear some stories, some real life stories of how customers maybe like optimizely are using you since you have them on your website. Um, but what is the, I mean, how are you making money? Are they paying you on a, on a percentage basis or it's a SaaS model flat fee monthly or what? Yeah, they, um, it's a SaaS model. So they pay us, um, you know, annually and, and, and annual contracts. So Yep. Got it. And give us a general sense of the size. I mean, are these people paying 10 grand a month, a hundred grand a month, a million a year? Yeah. I mean, it varies. Um, you know, it, it goes as little as, uh, 20,000 a year up to a couple hundred thousand, something like that. And if I forced you just so we can avoid having cohort specific conversations about every potential customer you have, if I forced you to do an average, what would you say? Um, yeah, it's in the, the, the middle uh, five figures, something like that. Something like that. It's called three, four, five hundred ish annually. Uh, five figures, not six. Sorry, yeah. sorry. 30, 40, 50 annually. Yeah, 30, 40, 50 annually, something like that. Got it. So is yeah. that at a, at a, and, and then tell me more about your background because your bio, you kind of led with a uh, full stack engineer and janitor. So, so are you the sole founder or do you have other co founders that do things like the business and marketing? Yeah, we've got two. I've got two co-founders. Um, one who runs customer success, and one who is uh, uh, runs the dev team, the CTO. Okay, got it. So, what what do you spend most of your time on? Ah, uh, yeah, that varies a lot on what we're doing. Um, if we're fundraising, then I'm spending a lot of time doing that. Uh, you know, depending on what part of the business we're we're scaling the the fastest and where I'm focused. So it it really depends. Like, um, you know. Uh, customer success, sales, marketing, product. Um, it, it varies based off of what we're doing and what's important. Obviously, in a model like this, a SaaS model, churn is critical. What are you guys at right now in terms of annual retention? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think the... Um, the So we have multiple segments we sell into. Uh, so we sell, you know, when we sell a $20,000 a year deal, that's more to like an SMB. And we sell a couple hundred thousand dollars, that's more to a much bigger company. Uh, and, and retention, as is true for probably every business, um, varies based off the segment. So, um, you know, SMBs have lower retention than enterprise, for example. Uh, so, but across the board, it's good. And it's, um, you know, one thing that's great about What's SaaS good though, Aaron, like above what? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the, uh, the segment, you know? Well, so, I mean, look, uh, one of the reasons people measure logo churn versus, revenue churn is for this exact reason, right? A $10,000 a month customer is worth way less than a million dollar a month customer. So maybe if you could maybe share ranges on both of those, like what's, what's logo retention annually and, and, and same on revenue. Yeah. Again, so revenue retention, logo retention and gross revenue retention is the third churn metric to measure versus the two that you mentioned. Um, all three of those vary significantly across segment. So again, an enterprise customer, Logo churn is, is, or logo retention is much higher than SMB and, and same with net retention, obviously. Well, hold on so, though. How are you measuring this though, right? So, so I mean, if you're measuring, if you're measuring reven, revenue retention, it, it doesn't matter what cohort it is because they're weighted based off how much revenue they're bringing in. So why do you, why do you measure revenue retention 
based off cohort. You must also do that at a company wide level as well. Um, why do we, Oh, it's critical. You have to measure by cohort. Um, the, again, you know, we're, we're getting kind of into the weeds here on SAS, but, um, but this uh, is an error, this is valuable though, because everyone measures this differently. That, I want to get in your head here and understand how you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that that everybody who runs a SaaS company that sells to most multiple segments thinks about it this way. You have to. So um, the uh, well, Aaron, sorry, I don't, I, I, I can't say. I, I just have to real quick. So we've done like nine hundred of these interviews. The, everyone does not think about it this way. M companies use revenue churn across their entire base because let's say you're doing 10 million a year in annual revenue and one customer makes up nine and a thousand make up the last 1 million. If you're, if you lose, you know, you know, you know, a couple of those people that make up the million, it doesn't really matter that much compared to the nine, the one customer paying the 9 million. So that's why they measure revenue retention. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody measures revenue retention. Everyone measures revenue too. There's obviously lots of things everybody measures, but it's important to measure it by segment. Um, yes, everybody measures it all up and you're right. If you have one customer that's 90% of your revenue, um, the one customer that's, you know, one, one hundredth percent, if they leave, that doesn't affect your, your revenue retention number very much. But, um, but it's important to, I mean, in that argument, like, why are you selling to those customers in the first place? Why don't you just sell to the customers that are, you know, that, that replicate the one that's 90% of your revenue? Because if you drive expansion revenue 100% year over year, those small customers grow into big customers. Exactly. Yes. So that's why they matter, right? So the point is you, you have to segment your customers. So um, if, you have a, if you have a customer that has 100 employees, um, your, your standard for retention for them is going to be different than a customer that has 5,000. Oh, Aaron, I agree with you completely on that. You, you have to measure obviously the behaviors across cohorts, but what I'm, what I'm asking is I don't, we don't have time to go to every one of your cohorts you manage. I'm just curious overall what your revenue retention is. I see. Um, yeah. Or, or so what it's, it's definitely above if you want to keep it vague. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, we we don't really share kind of those, those metrics out publicly. So, um, it's, it's a little over a hundred percent. So it's, it's the, the, the whole thing's growing, but, um, you know, and, but again, it really, it matters a lot. Like if you're, the reason why I highlight this is if you, you know, if I'm listening to this podcast and I, um, I sell to small businesses, um, you know, you're going to have a much different retention number than if you sell to enterprise. And, um, and I think it's important if you sell to both, you need to make sure that you separate those and, and, and track them differently. And, and you have different standards, even, even the net number, right. With upsells and everything is going to be better in the enterprise than it will be in SMB. Cause in SMB, it's just harder to get expansion revenue with small businesses. And it's a lot easier with enterprise. Um, now the flip side obviously is your customer acquisition costs are a lot lower in SMB than they are in the enterprise. And so the, the CAC to LTV, you know, becomes a little bit different there, but, um, anyway, so that's, I think that's why I wanted to spend a little time highlighting that is that, um, when somebody throw, when you read about a, a retention number and, and you're, you're running a SaaS company, you have to compare it to, you know, are you selling to the same segment or, you know, marketers versus HR departments or, or IT departments are all have different retention. Um, uh, they also have different customer acquisition costs. And usually the higher the cost to acquire, the better the retention is. And so you have make a trade off there. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. 
They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. I'm just going to focus on, because you mentioned you have, I mean, look, your model is is low volume, high ARPU, right? With 300 customers and your average contract value size in the above, you know, 50K range. I mean, that would be my opinion, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's in the middle, right? I, I think we're kind of in the middle. Um, the we're, we're not Viva and we're not uh, Zero, right? So I mean, um, I would put like constant contact, right? Or MailChimp is SMB. You're talking 10, 20 bucks a month, right? I, I would put you squarely in mid-market. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah we're we're our, our average deal size is definitely mid market. Yeah. So how do you think about you know, only talk about you pick a cohort? I don't care which one you talk about. It's more just important to hear you talk about this. So pick a cohort of customers you work with. How do you think about lifetime value to CAC and specifically in addition to that the payback period? How many months do you want to have uh, for you to get that money back? <laughs> yeah. So um, the uh, all in we target twelve to eighteen months payback for CAC. Um, and again, we this is different based off segment. So, um, uh, and and the the CAC um, is lower in SMB, but then also you know retention is also lower. And so the the LTV to CAC is actually about the same across all segments. Um, but uh, the payback period is longer in the enterprise and shorter in SMB, which also matches the lifetime value of, of the two segments. Yeah. So I mean, is it fair to say if your average contract value first year is fifty grand and you've got a twelve to eighteen month payback period, you're spending somewhere around fifty grand to acquire your average customer? Obviously, it varies by cohort, but on average. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. And then, what do you assume? This is always kind of a back of the napkin number because it changes, especially as you build your company over many, many decades. What do you sur- assume the worth of a customer is to you? The lifetime value in dollars. Yeah, so I think there's there's interesting ways to do this. I think um, w- when you have over 100% uh, retention, um, you can argue that your lifetime value is infinity. Um, which is dangerous, yeah. Yeah, which is dangerous, exactly. That's not a good thing to do. Um, so, you know, we use um, a mix between logo and gross revenue. So gross revenue is the revenue retention not including any upgrades or expansions. So it's similar to logo, but but changes based off the deal size. Um, logo creates all, all logos are equal. Um, and uh, and so we usually use that. But honestly, I think people, the, the LTV number is not, a, I don't think it's a good number to focus on. Uh, we calculate it and it's in our metrics and everything, but um, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, again, you you know, you have ninety five percent logo retention or or dollar retention. Um, you know, that customer is going to stay with you for I you know I don't know it's it's something like over ten years. Um, at a startup where you're really focused on you're growing really fast and you're thinking about the next two years, uh, I think it's it's better to to focus on on CAC and CAC payback and not get too hung up on a great LTV to CAC ratio, which I think everybody has. Um, it's easy to sell that. You'd be shocked. Not everybody has that, especially in hyper competitive spaces, but I think you're right. Payback period is way more important than lifetime value to CAC ratio. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So we, we calculate it, but I I don't spend a lot of time focusing on, on the, the lifetime value. I think the the other piece too, that a lot of, you know, you can say if someone's with you, uh, you know, it it looks like they're going to be with you on average for 10 or 15 years. Here's my LTV. Um, 
But the reality is like the, the, in 15 years, you, know, you have to still innovate and, and you have to be ahead of the market in 15 years. So like that's the real variable for LTV is, is where are you in, in terms of the market and are you going in the right direction? Are you, um, you going to still be where you are in the future? Not necessarily like you know, the last 12 months retention for, for your customers. Yep. Fast forward to December 2017 this year. It's your holiday party. You guys are all cheersing and toasting because you hit your ARR stretch goal for the year. What are you trying to break? What are you trying to get to? Yeah. Um, we're, so, you know, we don't, we don't publish our, our kind of ARR goals. Um, you know, our, our, our plan is to continue, um, doubling year over year, um, give or take. And so that's kind of where we're at in our, in our, um, growth as a company is kind of, that's the, that's the sweet spot for, um, for being able to kind of get to a, um, kind of IPL, IPO level company. So we do a lot of benchmarks with, um, we have, we have venture investors that, you know, we have benchmarks against all their portfolio and, and other publics as well. And so kind of where we're at, um, you know, doubling year over year is about the, the right cadence to, to get to escape velocity. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, look, you told me 300 customers and ACV on average is about 50 grand. So they're paying on average four grand per month. If you just multiply, that's about 1.2 million in MRR or about, you know, you know, 14 million annually. I mean, do you think you'll break the 20 million mark this year or next year, or, or do you just care about hitting 28 million by the end of next year? Yeah. Again, our goal is, is kind of doubling year over year right now. So, I mean, that's the, um, and, and we're, we're on track to, to do that. So makes good sense. Aaron, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, uh, the fifth discipline, the fifth discipline. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, Jeff Bezos. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have like acuity scheduling? Uh, maybe Trello. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> Seven. Okay, that's good. And what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, married with a two-year-old. Okay, ma- oh, young one. And how old are you, Aaron? I'm um, 39. 39. Last question. Take us back 19 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, you know, I started the company uh, in my early 30s. I would have done it a, a little bit earlier. So maybe um, tried to pace for like mid 20s. Uh, I think that's what I would have changed. There you guys have it from Aaron. He would have started his company earlier. Again, launched Bizwell back in 2011. Uh, now they've got over 100 folks based mainly in, in Seattle. They've raised about 19 million bucks trying to help folks understand attribution uh, more specifically. They've ha- helping about 300 customers currently paying on average 50 grand per year in revenue, focused on doubling year over year, about over 100% uh, year over year retention uh, revenue retention rate. Super healthy, obviously, logo churn, CAC to LTV ratio makes a lot of sense too. But most importantly, he's getting all of his money back no more than 18 months after that customer is acquired. Aaron, thank you for taking us to the top. Yeah, thank you so much. This was fun.